Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Uh, good. And I'm going to say belated ha- happy Father's Day to you, Eric, and to all you other fathers out there. And right back at you, dude. Thanks. Right back at you, man. Best Father's Day moment from the weekend? Um, Getting a <laughs> one dad in the galaxy Darth Vader pin. Getting told by my daughter, George Lucas had a better accomplishment with Star Wars than he did with Howard the Duck. <clears throat> okay. Uh, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> at least she watched the movie the whole the whole thing well, for the okay, one there's that for the one and only time but she said yeah i'm like so did you like it she goes uh yeah no and i'll never like it i'm like i think i just lost a daughter she said never she said never ah, she don't mean never man kids say never all the time y'all don't understand how never is okay you haven't met zoe and when, not. and when she makes the comment at eight years old of George Lucas had a better accomplishment with Star Wars than he did with Howard the Duck, never means never. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that I'm will sorry. change. Oh, that's okay. I threatened to put Howard the Duck on her iPad several times and change right? and change the title of it to movies that she liked. So every time she played it, it was Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. So all I got to say is Leah Thompson, please, please. Please hurry up with that pitch to Marvel for a remake of Howard the Duck. But earlier in the day, we went to the parks. We went to Epcot. Okay. And I got my Mickey bar, and we went home. Oh, wait. We saw the the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy show. Oh, really? The video effects were cool. The pyro was good. Um, the, the mix of the band was good. My only complaint, I wish whoever wrote the script consulted with Marvel before writing the script. Really? It is very Disney-fied, which if you're not a Marvel fan, and just keep track of the movies. The show's fine. You're gonna love it. I still enjoy, okay. I still enjoyed it. Right. But obviously, it, it was very apparent the the screenwriter or the scriptwriter did not know the Guardian um, properties or or know Marvel to to have it done better. Oh. So, um, did you volunteer to take that over? No, I don't, I don't think I could do much better, but. Okay. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. 
do you think that maybe it's really just out there for park fans, not necessarily for Marvel fans? Um, possibly. But the reason the reason I say this, okay, is and you know this better than I do that Disney will put out like a summer concert series every year, and I don't want to say it's basically filler, but the summer stuff is not really something that will get somebody from Oshkosh, Wisconsin to to fly down to Orlando just to catch this, right? Uh, this does have that connotation that they could do it, do that, because it is Guardian and it is part of that whole incredible summer okay. programming. Okay. Yes, but the summer concert series, the sounds like summer concert series has been a big staple for the past few years. Right. And what the, and, and what is the sound like summer concert series? It is cover, cover band. band, tribute bands, excuse me. Um it is not something that is going to bring somebody to that park in and of itself. No. So I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this in a, in a way that doesn't sound disparaging or or just negative. I I don't if if, if this was something that was meant to draw people in like a new attraction or like a new pavilion and world showcase or things like that, I think they would. I just I don't think that maybe the, this is kind of doing that to some extent with the way it's been plugged. Um, now, as I've heard talk about at work, it's probably the best show and the worst show at Epcot in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're putting it into off-kilter territory with that best show. I'm just telling you. Um, okay. Well, no, I'm putting it for this. It'd be putting it into the category of um, maybe like the castle show or something like Which, that. Oh, it, it's mm-hmm. it. it for Epcot to say that, considering we really haven't had anything there like this in a long time, uh, I'm going back to Storybook because that was kind of wrapping in '99 when I was there when when I first transferred over. I mean, it's a great show, but it's also I hate to put it this way: this show is almost the last Jedi of Disney shows. It's great, but it's good, but it's bad at the same time. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. My whole my whole point, maybe I just took this the wrong, took it down the wrong path. It's not made for the hardcore Marvel fans. No, I don't think so. It, 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 this is this is made for the family that comes with the idea of OMG. I hope I get to ride Frozen Ever After. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's it's a way to introduce to new audience a way to introduce it to people who may not care as much about them before. Yeah. Or may know much about them before. And it's also kind of a way of easing the Guardians into Epcot in uh, in advance of the attraction coming in. In two and a half years still. Yeah. 2021 for that. Believe it or not. I know. I'm trying to put as positive a spin on this as can yeah. as I can. Yeah. It's not okay. I'll just come right out and say it. This show does not sound like it was done for Marvel fans. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel that way. Okay, it was. It was done. It, it sounds like it was done for Disney fans to say, "Hey, look at some Marvel here." It's kind of like mm-hmm. dipping your toe into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? So they're not going to go full on hardcore Marvel canon. No, there. Use that word, canon. The dreaded C word. Well, they word are... that strikes fear in the hearts of Star Wars fans worldwide. Yeah, we'll save that for Wookie Radio. Um, 
<laughs> yes, there is some canon to this because they do reference the fact that, oh, they saved the galaxy twice. Um, but this show also totally ignores the fact that um, they've been wiped out. <laughs> And a snap of a finger. Well, of course they're not going to mention that. So no, they're not. Right, because it, it'll totally destroy the show. And, well, and what? Well, no, no. Here's here's the thing. Okay. If ever something happens, they can't put on the show. They could just say Thanos snapped. No, well, that yeah. would be that would be way too soon, though. I know, and and half the people there wouldn't get it. The other half would be raising sin, going like they're dead. Yeah, I mean, but no, they're not going to mention the end of Infinity War. No, they're not because well, it's there's a reason. Well, okay, I have a question. Like, do they? Is there anything in the in the show that directly times it? Like, like you know, you you have an idea. Like, is is it after the second movie? Is it somewhere between the first and the second movie? You know. Well, yeah, they, it's mentioned that they saved the galaxy twice. Well, uh, okay, well there you go. So. That, okay, that, uh-huh. that just means that it's set after 2014. True. Yeah, yeah. the True. first one was in 2014. The second one was set three months after. Okay. So both the both the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies are set in 2014. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean that that part I can I can so totally excuse. So yeah. see, I, I see. I'm curious. <laughs> I, I mean, because like you said, like there are kids that pay attention to that sort of thing. But like you said, if this is made for the people who are more about the Disney experience, yeah, you know, it's made for the casual fan or the not so casual fan. It's right. not for the hardcore fan, right? No. But I guess when it's all said and done, and this may be even contradicting some of my own statements from before, that's okay. I'm a Pisces. It's it, it, as as long as it's designed for the park going public to enjoy and have a good time, mm-hmm. especially while they're waiting for their soaring fast passes to come up, then I guess we should say what mission accomplished. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, with, with a lot of with a lot of movie tie-ins. My role is my 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 mantra is don't overthink it. Right. I try not to overthink it. I, Sometimes I, that's probably. Yeah, I mean, song-wise, I'm trying to remember right off the top of my head. Um, Hooked on a Feeling, um, ABC, uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, which was not in any of the movies. I was about to say. Rubber Band Man? Nope. That so needed to be in there. Yes. Um... Well, the, the whole concept is, is this group is coming to Earth to share its music with Earth. They start up, and I, I will honestly say, where they go with it hurts the ears hard. And that's about when... Enya, I see. Yeah. That's, well, Enya sounds better. <laughs> Michael Bolt, or Kenny G sounds better. Taylor Swift? <laughs> Yoko Ono? Oh. Unfortunately, Yoko sounds better. Oh, snap. That is... Say no more. Justin Mm -hmm. Justin Bieber wishes he sounded so good. Wow. Um, They... So this is when Gamora and Star-Lord make their appearance and essentially go... They'll guide them through. They have Groot plug in to their their ears or through their mixes the the first song and, and 
music from from the Mul- well, it's not the Milano. They call it something else. Um, but basically, you know, have all that going so they could, you know, and that's when we get started with Hooked on a Feeling, and then they just keep going. Um, they do ABC. I can't. There's one or two other songs. I can't remember. Spirit in the Sky? They do not do Spirit in the Sky. That's a shame. Come and Get Your Love? Yes. Okay. Um, David Bowie. Uh, the Pina Colada song? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Pina Colada song. No. No? No, no Pina Colada song? Can I see if I can find. Place for Back Down? No. no thing that's on the list. Ain't No Mountain High Enough? That, that would only, be a good one. They only did like five songs. Seriously? Yeah, it was like five or six songs. Um, let me see if I can find. I don't know if anyone's got the set list. And I would think with some of these Di- Disney shows or Disney blogs, someone would have the set list. The theme from Land of the Lost? No. Um, <laughs> okay, I think I found one. Okay. Mr. Blue Sky. That Okay, there we go. I don't remember Mr. Blue Sky or the, the song itself. Okay, okay. Never mind. Never mind. This is not, this is, this is somebody saying these are our favorites and we can only hope some of these hits will be included. Yeah. Never mind. Um, yeah, there's, I'm not fine, which is surprising that there's not a breakdown of, well, the, still of the set list. I mean, it just started this month. It just started right before Father's Day weekend, didn't it? Yes. Started the weekend before. Yeah. Um, and it is possible that the story kind of gets tweaked a little bit because, I mean, like they say, no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. True. No, no. Uh, I guess no performance plan survives contact with the audience. That's true. Well, and I, and I, I think a, a great philosopher also said as well, no woman, no cry. Oh, my gosh. No. Oh. Oh, no. That quote was, there's no choiring in baseball. There's, there's that, too. You, you just quoted no woman no no cry I did uh, I'm speechless should, uh, should, should, should I be shamed oh no you know who I think should be ashamed who I think who? should be ashamed oh I agree Comcast should be ashamed but wait very ashamed why are we talking Comcast uh, because they seem to be outbid for Fox by Disney because okay this this is the story <laughs> that this is the one big story out of this past week for Marvel aside from Mike's Father's Day awesome mixed live experience and uh, his totally getting shut down on Howard the Duck by his daughter. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who have not been following along with the home version, uh, Disney and Fox reached an agreement for what was it, fifty-two billion, fifty-two point four billion, fifty-two point four billion originally. Okay, fifty-two point four billion originally. Now Comcast offered sixty billion in December, but that was pretty much an all-stock deal. Fox turned them down, so Comcast comes back with a sixty-five billion all cash offer last week for the 20th Century Fox assets. So what does Disney do? It's like, oh, well, you know what? We raise our deal to $71.4 billion mixed cash with stock and also agreeing to take on like... 13, 14 billion of Fox's debt. Wow. Okay. So when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, this deal is without any kind of tax adjustment, 85 billion and change.
change. Yeah. Wow. This this is why I'm ashamed for Comcast. First of all, um, this was this was a risky offer for the 65 billion to begin with. Right. Yeah. Because all right, first of all, Comcast. Well, for one thing, they do not have a very stellar reputation when it comes to customer service for their for their internet and for their cable. I'm just right. saying. But they're desperate at this point. I, I really think they're desperate, and they they leveraged their debt a, more than what most people would recommend. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing that killed me is earlier in the week, um, someone was talking about this, and oh, it's not going to happen. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, but I then mentioned that you know Disney last year profit seventy four billion, and someone mm-hmm. was very quick to point out, well, no, that number's wrong. Their net profit was this. Okay, well, they made. Okay, so there much. is a between gross profit and net profit. Right. Yeah. And, and then the person proceeded to tell me, well, Comcast is worth more. Okay. The, what? Then why is Comcast, if they're worth more, why were they scrimping and begging and borrowing from other places <laughs> to get the money and, and jeopardize putting any any new um, any new progression towards like Universal Orlando mm-hmm. was going to be put on hold that the deal went through. Yeah. I mean, this was because they don't have the money to do it. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, betting your tickets on the Titanic at a card game or maybe betting the fastest smuggling ship in the galaxy at a game of Sabak or Sabak, yeah. if you want to call it. It's not a very smart move. It was not a very smart move on the. It was a very risky move. It had a lot of reward potential. Right. Yeah. But I just and, I, I personally would be like this. It was developing into a bidding war where whoever loses deep down would be breathing a sigh of relief. And, and, and that may be true, but you know, there's something else. There's something else here too. Well, number one, I don't think I I don't think that Comcast should have should have jumped off the porch or tried to run with the big dogs because I don't think that they they're big but they're not Disney big. Honestly, I think I think the the suits at Comcast are still upset at Disney because about a decade ago they attempted a hostile takeover and failed. Uh, well, there, how's there, that working out for you? Uh, there there was a reason why back in New Year's day 2000 michael eisner was walk was seen walking around universal here in orlando man i as here's the thing i think that they may be breathing a sigh of relief but i also can't help but feel like that this has hurt their brand a little bit too i think it has too it's kind of like the it's a chihuahua that tried to run with the big dogs to some degree mm-hmm. or well maybe that's not a good analogy a, a, a tired old mule that's used to pulling plows tries to run the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I think yeah. that might be a little bit better. They're I'll, not I'll bad. go with They're that. Just- this is just this is not in their league. This is not in their wheelhouse. No, it, it, it's like bringing a pocket knife to tank warfare. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, so, I mean, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, see, I had heard that the reason why Comcast jumped in on this was that they wanted Sky. That's the big and reason. I and I think they also so, want to control Hulu. And, and so, you know, maybe, maybe once the dust has settled and all this is said and done, maybe 
And uh, this is just, a, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe we will see a back end deal where they can, where they get Sky. I don't know. I don't know if Disney cares, cares, uh, cares enough to want to hold on to Sky. Although it'll be good for them to have that, to have a leg in the international market. Not saying that they don't already, but you know, broadcast. Uh, market, international broadcast market. But chances are um, back when Disney bought uh, Family Channel, which Mm -hmm. eventually turned into ABC Family, which is now Freeform, Mm -hmm. um, part of the deal that there was with that, I mean, there were some publishing companies, uh, there were some other broadcast channels, including some very adult-oriented channels. Okay. Um, I guarantee you, those adult-oriented channels were sold very quickly. And Disney could have cared what those, Disney could have cared less what they got on those. But I guarantee you, they probably got what they were asking. Sky, Sky, I don't see them having issues selling it off. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if Comcast puts a bid on that. Well, here's the thing. We all know why... Disney was was trying to get this deal done. It right. was to get the remaining movie rights to X Men and Fantastic Four and all them, Aliens, and also the Avatar. original the original uh, Star Wars movies. Oh yes, right. Uh, was still under Fox. Actually, the original film still under Fox. What Disney could have released Empire and Return. It's just A New Hope was still under Fox control. It's kind of like going on eBay and looking for all those old McDonald's glasses that had the superheroes so you could get the complete set. Yeah. Same thing, just on a much, much more expensive scale. Now, of course, you would think that with um, Avatar and Pandora there at Animal Kingdom, that's that's some nice bonus. Mm-hmm. You, you, you mean the, the future Star Wars conservation project at Animal Kingdom? Yeah, that too. <laughs> I have so no faith I, I'm in really Avatar. Thinking, I, I'm kind of with you. I could see Sky get sold off, and Disney's just going, "Hey, Comcast, how much of that 65 billion you willing to pony up for Sky?" Here's what would I mean, re- here would be the good one. Hey, Comcast, you want Sky? We'll sell it to you for 10 billion, and oh, park rights back, theme park rights tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that. dude, man. See, dude. now you're playing. You're playing monopoly. That that's monopoly level negotiations. I don't. Ooh, mm. uh, think about I it. I, see, I, I, I think that sounds not- that sounds like a chapter out of a book called Oh. Art of the deal. Okay. There's also precedent. What did Disney give up to Comcast Universal to get the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? What did they give up? They gave up. They gave up some stuff. I mean, they. I don't remember. So the rights are as as important as anything else. I can so totally see them doing a deal for Sky with the theme park rights to Marvel. If no other, if no other stipulation, then hey, we both can use them. There's going to have to be. A- a they chunk just, of money to go with that because I can't see them just parting with you know just parting. I can't see them parting with the 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 park rights you know for for say ten billion 
dollars, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I just can't see that. Yeah. They're because if they if they give up the park right, they're gonna have to go to. I, I'm just gonna throw it out there. They're gonna have to go to Warner Brothers or somebody or cut another because they're not because Disney uh, Disney has no reason to allow those characters to be over there anymore. No. So what they're gonna do with the Islands of Adventure? They're that that means that they're gonna have to go and cut a deal with someone else. Actually, you know what they can't do? They can't. Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers is doing Six Flags. Yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, this is, of course, according to Wikipedia. So mm-hmm. take this with salt. In February 2006, Disney CEO Bob Iger initiated a trade with NBC Universal in which a number of minor assets, including the rights to Oswald, were acquired by the Walt Disney Company in exchange for sending sportscaster Al Michaels from Disney's ABC and ESPN to NBC Sports. They traded Al Michaels as part of that? Hmm, man, this could be interesting. Yes, it can. Because I, I, cause, okay, because I didn't know that, so anything is negotiable in this if they, if, if, we, if we're if we're talking about, if Marvel wants to just bring everybody home and they're willing to sell Sky to them, what else would, what else would they be willing to part with? The rice to the to chew. sweeten that pot. You know, what I've been fine. That's fine. The chew and and uh, and uh, in the view another. and the chew and the view. There, go. See you. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> Can we put them on Sky and then sell it off? No, too. because he one my one of my favorite shows is on Sky. So I because I, I love um, Strike Back and that Sky and Sky uh, pr- uh, broadcasts that on um, Cinemax here in the states. So you know. All right. So yeah, I I can so totally see. Disney doing that kind of deal. Wow. Because, because you do have the Oswald precedent. Yeah. We're That's saying, true. okay, we'll, we'll, we'll work this out. We'll work this out and you can get what you want and we can get what we want. But yes, I would definitely, at the very least, I would have the exclusive part of those rights struck so that they, so, you know, actually, I think I would do that. Yeah. I think I would do that, that Universal gets to keep its existing Marvel attractions and properties. But of course, and so because they're, they're paying royalties to Marvel, which in turn is under the Disney umbrella. Yeah, that's true. That there's there's a certain petty part of me that says I like this. But I, if I'm Disney, my goal is I want more freedom to have Marvel characters in the Orlando theme parks. Oh, yeah. If I want to have Doctor Strange and Yen Sid and Sorcerer Mickey projected onto the castle at Magic Kingdom, I want that. I want to be able to do that. That would be uh, – that. you know what? The next several months is going to be interesting as all get out because – Knowing knowing what I know now about about the about this previous deal, anything is possible. Yeah. Wow. It's like when you're playing the board game Monopoly. It's kind of like, hey, I got a Ventnor Avenue over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need the Ventnor Avenue. I need St. Charles Place. We can work something here. Yeah. I can throw a little cash your way if you're yeah. Oh, let's go ahead and give you uh, a railroad. Here's here's a railroad short line. You can do something with a short line, can't you? Let's go ahead and give you nine percent of uh, Hulu as well. 
That still leaves Disney we at fifty one percent. We can all walk home winners here. And it won't cost you the sixty one billion. And you know what? That's that's just good business right there. Yeah. See? I will say this. I may not agree with everything Bob Iger says or does, but on general, the deals he's brokered have been pretty good for Disney. They have. Yeah. And I, I will say, you know, I say what you will about since Marvel, since Disney bought Marvel. But I feel like that overall it has been nothing but good for Marvel. The, the the issues with the comics is not because of Disney. There there's some internal stuff yeah. going on there. But overall, it has been very good for Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean there's but before we get ahead of ourselves, there's still some steps that need to be hurdled. Well yeah. The, the boards of directors for both companies have agreed to this, but the shareholders of both companies need to have their vote. We think that's coming up in the uh, first half of July. Yeah. And Don, I want to say that because Don, Don is a shareholder, and so she got her packet last week, I believe. Shareholder okay. of what? Comcast? Disney. Okay. One year uh, for an anniversary gift. Oh, God, I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe 10 years ago now. I, uh, I bought her a share of a uh, Disney stock and it was all framed and it says on the oh. bottom of the frame uh uh, uh, to from the happiest place on the earth to the woman who's made me the happiest man on earth. Oh, you and saw that, you. I know. I got. I'm sensitive like that, you know. And it, and it, you know, back when they did, because they no longer do this anymore. But it was with the uh, actual certificate. So like, is there's this framed certificate, you know? But yeah. Uh, so yeah, I bought her a share of stock, and now that and that was before it was before Marvel bought. Uh, Disney bought Marvel. It was before that, so you know yeah. we would get we would get stuff. So yeah, she got a packet. She got a packet last week, and that was before any of this news came out. And I think the packet was just because of the potential vote. Right. Yeah, but we 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 mentioned a few weeks ago that um, there was a chance that uh, Comcast was going to potentially play spoiler, and then of course last week they did make that offer. Right. Right. Well, we knew that what. The- they were waiting on was whether or not the government blocks or the, or the judge ruled against the AT&T Time Warner merger. Which, Which apparently did. they did not. They did no, not. They didn't. And, and that was pretty much the, the going uh, wisdom was that if that went through, then here comes Comcast, and that's exactly what happened. So not only do the shareholders have to vote, and yes, it is going to be July 10th, uh, it also has to uh, be cleared under the Hart-Scott-Rodino Antitrust Improvements Act. Mm-hmm. Um there are a number of uh, other uh, uh, merger and regulatory reviews that are outside the United States. And I, get, and I think they're just whatever, kind of like closing with the house. There are these, the closing costs and, and uh, papers to sign and things to arrange. So we're not there yet. And so it's, it's kind of premature, technically premature to say this is a done deal. But it, it's going to take something like totally epic on the scale of unexpected, unforeseen events to keep this from happening. Right. right. So the fat lady ain't saying, but she is warming up. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Very much what it seems like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Well, no matter what, it seems like Disney had Guardians watching over this deal. <laughs> uh, so there I was a record there. The machine gun pointed at Comcast said, you don't want to outbid us again? Yeah. Okay. And then asked if they, then he asked if he could have their cable. Because he really wanted their cable. Uh, as long as he didn't try getting arm, you know. Well, he didn't want the service. He just wanted the cable. <laughs> You mean James Brolin? Josh Brolin. Dang, that was a great joke that got messed up because I had the wrong Brolin. <sighs> I hate it when I get my Brolins crossed. You, you, but you know, you goony, you. But you know, it's an easy mistake to make because Josh looks so much like his dad now. Yes. Yeah. Minus the mustache, you know. And the beard. And the beard. James Brolin had a rocket beard back in the day. I'm just saying. He did. Uh, you know, I was like, you know what? That guy makes a beard look cool. Like, he was he was Riker before there was Riker. Amen. Because Riker didn't become cool until he got the beard. You know that. This is yeah. true, too. Yeah, they're just, uh-uh. Yeah, early Riker, beardless Riker. No. No. Add a chin mullet, and he is rocking. Is he? I mean, the ladies loved him. Just saying. LL Cool Brolin. <laughs> Now I'm picturing him in a jumpsuit with a Kangol hat. <laughs> anyway, as we had, as we digressed hard, hard, so many tangents. Oh well, you know what, Guardians. Since we're talking about Guardians. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, and uh, speaking of, a fan asked uh, James Gunn, uh, when is a, a Gar- is Guardians Volume 3 taking place? His answer was, well, they asked if it was taking place before or after Infinity War. His answer was simply this, it will be after. Interesting. So, yeah. So, you know, so this means that when we, when the next time we see the Guardians. Uh, most of the Guardians, uh, well, at the end of Infinity War, most of the Guardians were gone. Gamora's dead. Uh, she was sacrificed by, by Thanos, and her soul is trapped in the Soul Stone. Allegedly. And, allegedly. Now, Groot, Ma- Groot, Manus, Drax, and Peter have all disintegrated. Right. So all we have left is Rocket. Right. And, and so, uh, does that mean that, does that put it on Rocket to create a new Guardian, a, a new team of Guardians? I see, I don't know. I mean, the truth is, I, I see Thor being a Guardian by, by association. So you got two. Um, if, wink, wink, nudge, look- nudge, if the Fox deal does get approved by all government agencies, I can see a, a particular orange stone creature. Oh... Mm. I'm not saying, but I, I think if he did, that would be one clubbering guy for uh, for the team. There you go. Wow. Well, do we? Does that mean that we get the possibility of seeing the original Guardians that we saw at the end of uh, Volume Two jumping into the the picture as well? If they're still around, because you know we don't know everybody that is still with us, you know, out there, outside of Earth anyway. Right. It, it's possible. Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, yeah, so now, yeah, the fans are... You know, so, so on Twitter, it looks like there's a ton of fans that are... 
sharing a bunch of raccoon videos. And like, there's one that is so, so sad. And it's a raccoon sitting on the side of the road by himself. And it says, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, just a scar, it's just this little raccoon by himself on the side of the road. And it's just tearing my heart. To, oh, now we get the uh, we get the raccoon that decided that he went to scale the building earlier this week in the news. There you go. Um, yeah. Take the cue from Spider. <laughs> so, um, but now uh, Anthony, now the Russo brothers jumped in on this and claimed that the sequels no don't guarantee a, a character survival, and you know that's true too. Uh, we are talking about comic book movies anyway, and uh, Anthony Russo told Huffington Post that a movie doesn't have to follow a linear story either. You know, so I, I he. Goes goes on to say here's the thing i think it's important to remember anything is possible in the mcu uh just because there's a sequel on the books doesn't mean people become accustomed to time moving linearly 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 whatever in the mcu I, I don't know. My my words are not coming tonight. Uh, that 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 doesn't necessarily have to be the case. There's a lot of very inventive ways of where the story can go, and that's true. Uh, now Dave Bautista confirmed that he'd be back for the third movie. He said, "I don't know how they're bringing me back, but yeah, somehow I'm gonna make it uh, because, as far as I know, I'm gonna be in Guardians Three, so I have to be back." He told, and this is what he told Collider. So, um. So does that mean that Guardians 3 is going to feature flashbacks? Or is there something that's more Marvel-related going on? Who knows? But um, Well, the Shadow knows. The, the Shadow does know, but the, the Shadow doesn't work for Marvel. But, you know, uh, but that know. was an awesome That was an awesome movie, by the way. I'll tell you that. Great comic it was. strip. Great comic strip, too. Oh, yeah. So, I, you know, I, uh, I don't even know when Guardians 3 is coming out. Uh, it's not next year, is it? Or no, it's part of Phase 4. Uh, part yeah. of Phase Four. Okay, so see if it is there. There's a lot that there's there's a lot that still has to happen, and I just want to harken back to what um John John Christopher said last week. If his little theory holds any water, it's gonna be real interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was interesting thoughts from JTC. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else was interesting. Um, biggest one of the biggest uh, storylines this year started six months ago was um, Kitty Pride and Colossus got engaged. Oh, yeah. Especially after he nearly died and she realized she couldn't she could not have have him she couldn't she couldn't bear the thought of not having him in her life so of course this week was x-men 30 the wedding <laughs> um but apparently kitty after a long talk with her best friend and colossus's sister ilana aka magic uh kitty decides not to go through the with the wedding well and uh but, Is this kind of like play bride with superpowers? Uh, possibly. But you know, there's still a wedding, though. You don't say. Between Gambit and Rogue. Well, that was a long time coming. Yep. I, you know... I, you know, the thing is, there there's so many 
couples out there that they come and go and, you know, you like them when they're together and, you know, they may break up and they see other people and whatever. But I, I have to admit, I have always been a fan of Gambit and Rogue. Yes. Yeah. Ever since ever since they they first introduced the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been kind of like that whole it, it's almost kind of like if you remember the show Moonlighting. Yes. Yeah. It was very much a case of they didn't really like each other, but they 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 kind of grew on each other. Yeah. Yeah. And it it doesn't have the sweetness of pity of Kitty and Peter. True. But it, True. It, it's it's got a southern sass to it that that you just can't help but like. Exactly. And which I think is... I can't help but think this was all set up because now that they are married, uh, Marvel is coming out with a Mr. and Mrs. X title uh, with Gambit and Rogue. And I'm trying to pull the story up because somehow the window got closed. Okay. Uh, Yes, on July 25th, uh, the new series comes out uh, with writer Kelly Thompson and artist Oscar Bazaldua. Bazaldua? Sounds right. Uh, I'm not sure how set. I'm just going to call him Oscar Baz just because well, you know, if we were tight like that, that's how I would call him. But there you go. But yeah, it's um, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting concept. And I believe Kelly Thompson did a Gambit and Rogue ser- miniseries as well. So this is kind of familiar territory. Mm-hmm. And um, it, to me, the thing has always been one of the things has been there can't be physical contact between them. Right. Right. So there has been that we want to hug, we want to kiss, we want to cuddle, but we can't. Right. There is one scene and there's there's a scene. And I can't remember which book this was is several years back um, where they are. They're sitting on a roof at the mansion and she's just going on. It's kind of like, you know, I want someone to put their arms around me and tell me it's going to be all right, that sort of thing. But that can't happen. That will never happen. And you see... Gambit slowly, shakily starts reaching out for her, and she knocks his hand away says, you don't understand. It can't, it won't happen because it can't. And she gets really mad, and she just kind of like puts her head down on her lap and, and, and just gets all quiet. He walks off, and then he comes back with a blanket. He mm-hmm. drapes the blanket over her shoulders, then puts his arm around her mm-hmm. and cuddles with her, says, yo, hey, it's going to be all right. That is a very, very sweet moment, and you would not expect it out of Gambit. No, no. but so, you know, she's she she does something. She brings something out of Gambit that uh, no other woman has been able to do. Channing Tatum. With the possible exception of Belladonna. A, 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 the thing is, him and Belladonna are very... That's a... That is it's an arranged marriage. It was yeah. an arranged marriage, but there was a little bit of, not to the degree that Rogue brought out. No, I, I will no. agree with that. Only there, but I guess it's a good thing that uh, Mr. and Mrs. X is coming out in July because um, Marvel is canceling X Men Blue and X Men Gold. Or excuse me, not necessarily canceling those those titles are coming to a conclusion. Okay. So is Poe Dameron at issue thirty one. But both these series started in early twenty seventeen. And they kind of harken back to the nineties Jim Lee era where the team was split into two strike forces, blue and gold. Mm-hmm. Uh gold has spent a lot of its time exploring classic X Men plots from the Claremont era, uh in- including the pending nuptials between Kitty Pride and, and Peter. Uh 
Blue has focused mainly on the time-displaced team of original Teenage X-Men. And I'm reading this from CBR.com. So if it sounds like I'm plagiarizing, I'm giving them credit now. Um, so, yeah, X-Men Red will continue, but uh, Gold and Blue, they will be ending with number 36, both of them, number 36, and that's coming out in September. Hmm. So, again, this kind of harkens back to Marvel. What's your plan? What is your goal here? Yeah. Are they just selling that well? Are there too many X titles out there? I think so. Just like there's been too in the past, there's been too too many Avenger titles out there as well. I mean, is your goal to just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks? Because at times it feels like it. Exactly. Well, it I is, mean, it's hard to keep people's attention going for for very long. Now, right. granted, that's a part of culture nowadays where everything is short attention span theater. But at the same time, it's OK to let a story continue. It's OK to keep a title around for more than two years. If the sales aren't doing well, ask yourself, why are they not doing well? Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid of the answer. If sales are bad, you think, is this something that can be improved? Would a new write, new artist help? Would new character lineup help? Well, I mean, sometimes it it doesn't even – remember back in the day when there were certain titles and it made a title that you were never interested in. Say something like – I'm trying to – okay, for for me, something like Defenders. At that point, I wasn't interested in Defenders. Like, you know, it was mainly second to third tier characters. Okay, got it. Uh, I wasn't really interested in it, but, you know, Defenders stuck around. And the thing is, I'm sure that there was a loyal readership. It probably wasn't necessarily a top 10 or top 20 book, but it served a demographic. It, it served a readership. There's nothing wrong with that. Not I, It's sort of like how, if you look at uh, look at FX, there are some shows in FX that it's not necessarily a huge ratings grab, but it has very good writing and it has a loyal viewership. What's wrong with that? I'm right there with you. Now, sometimes canceling a series is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. It, it's... If it's if it's just not performing, you know, maybe the character is not popular, maybe the 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 title's not popular. It's okay to do it, but go in with a plan. Go in with the plan. Amen. Because really, you start up all these new series. It's like you know this this number one, this number one, this number one. Yes, it's all exciting to have a number one title, right? Num- but why do we need 37 Avengers titles? No, we don't. No, we don't. Do we need 37 X-Men titles? No, we no, don't. don't. And it's been like that ever since the late 80s. And then they called it. They, they called the whole the whole herd and then give it a year or two. And then we're back up to 14 X-Men titles. Yep. You know, and I, OK, I'm about to sound like, you know, back in my day, but back in the 80s. Got to add a harumph in there. <laughs> Back in the 80s, you had, now I'll use the Avengers for an example. You had Cap, who had his own book. Hulk, who had his own book. Um, uh, 
Iron Man who had his own book. Uh, She-Hulk, who at that point had her own book. Um, and so if you wanted more of those characters, you went to those individual books. Uh, when you were reading Avengers, it was specifically Avengers-related stuff, although there may have been something in a conversation that could be referenced back to issue blah, 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 but it was not necessarily integral to what was going on in Avengers. And I think what at first seemed like a novel concept and pretty cool, because I was that guy that got all nine issues of Extinction, Extinction Agenda. Okay, I was that guy. But... No, when we're talking about nine issues over three months, that's completely different from, yeah, what, 12, 12 15 yeah. over. So I don't know. I just think, I think it's like, it's like you said, they need a plan. Maybe they need to go back to square one and try, instead of trying something new, try something old again. Try what worked before you changed it and see how that works. Yeah. And that has been another episode of. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, well, as we heard, issue 36 of X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue are going away. Uh, and I threw in there as well, Poe Dameron's going away in September as well with issue 31. Um, why don't we get into some books that are coming out next week, though? And you talk to it. Kylan, why don't you start us off? All right. I am. My first book is a trade paperback. Let's take it back to the 80s, boys and girls. This is that night mask trade paperback from the new universe and i do have this number one in my collection by the way uh when keith remsen awakes from a coma he discovers that the white event has given him the uncanny power to enter and manipulate people's dreams with his sister teddy as his anchor in the waking world he fights to help others inside the dreamscape in the guise of night mask but can he survive the encounter with the insidious gnome and can he ever forgive himself for the tragic, tragic incident that put him in a coma, paralyzed Teddy, and killed their parents? Nightmask will aid fellow paranormal Starbrand while Justice lends a hand against an extra-dimensional extra menace. But who can help Nightmask in the mind of the Nightmare Killer? Collecting Nightmask 1 through 12, Starbrand number 9, Justice number 15, Untold Tales of the New Universe, Nightmask and material from DP7, number 25, and Justice, number 25, and Starbrand, 16 through 18. Woo. I remember Starbrand. I like Starbrand. Yeah, I, I actually I, I have a trade of Starbrand with the I think like maybe first five issues. That was a really good book. Okay. Uh Eric, how about your first pick? My first pick is a number two. It is Hunt for Wolverine Mystery Madripoor, number two of four. Uh one X-Men down, five to go. The new Femme Fatales claim their first victim, but not their last. What is Magneto's connection to Logan's disappearance? Appearance. Can Storm, Kitty, Domino, and Jubilee survive when the whole city is hunting them? I guess we can find out. I guess we can. Well, my first pick of the week is from Ethan Sachs and Marco Pichetto, and that's Old Man Hawkeye number six. An eye for an eye. 
the Madrix Venoms versus Hawkeye in a battle of the ages. But how can Hawkeye and the reluctant, his reluctant new partner defeat a Venom that can multiply? Don't miss this pivotal turning point in the Archer's Quest. So, Kylan, back to you for second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is Star Wars Lando, double or nothing, number two of five. Uh, Lando Calrissian isn't one to stick his neck out unless there's credits to be had for it. Now, when he finds himself fighting for oppressed workers in a droid junkyard, they better hope their freedom is worth something to him. Eric, your second pick of the week. My second pick is Deadpool Assassin number two of six by Cullen Bunn and Mark Bagley. Deadpool's quest to beat the rest continues, and this time he's squaring off against the Assassin's Guild in the Big Easy. Another reference to Belladonna. Thank you. The Merc with the Mouse healing factor will get put to the ultimate test when he's pitted against the knife-wielding speedster called Harvester. But even if he's lucky enough to survive that encounter, Deadpool's actions in this very comics mag will align more than one ne'er-do-well against him, and Harvester will look like a walk in the park. Interesting. Well, my second pick of the week is Marvel Superhero Adventures Webs, Arrows, and... Ants, oh my, number one. Uh, it's by Jim McCann, Dario Brizula, and Gary Hiru. Heroes of all sizes to the rescue. The astonishing Ant-Man is in trouble, but when his daughter, Cassie, calls Spider-Man for help, Spidey finds out he's not the only hero in town. West Coast big shot Hawkeye, a.k.a. Kate Bishop, is already on the case. They soon discover that two shots are better than one, especially when you're facing Taskmaster. Taskmaster, uh, the villain who can mirror any fighting move. It's a triple dose of heroes in Marvel's latest all-ages adventure. So, Kylan, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Wakanda Forever Amazing Spider-Man number one of three by Alberto Albuquerque and Terry Dotson. Part one of a three-part story that sees the Medora Milaje team up with the Marvel Universe. The blockbuster Black Panther film has everyone talking about Wakanda's best warriors, the fierce Dora Milaje. Now, witness the Dora outside of Wakanda and in Spider-Man's world. When the Dora catch wind of Wakandan threat causing trouble in New York, they'll leap into action with or without their king. Don't miss Okoye, Ayo, and Anika on a globe-trotting mission to protect the realm at any cost. Right. So, Eric, your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is a number two. Another number two. Sounds like a trifecta. It is a trifecta, a dose trifecta. It is Thor number two by Jason Aaron and Michael Del Mundo. Reunion from hell. The sons of Odin ride again. In the land of the dead, Thor is reunited with his long-lost brother, Balder, the king of hell, just in time to face the fire goblin armies of the queen of cinders as the war of the realms continues to burn its way all across creation plus loki thory the hellhound scourge with a really big gun monster trucks and more thor and monster does he call his god of thunder no he just calls it thunder okay he plays acdc's thunderstruck 
That works. Um, my final pick is Star Wars Doctor Aphra number twenty one by Karen Gillian, Emilio Lacio, and Ashley Witter. Broken Insight continues. Doctor Aphra may be in Imperial Prison, but she's certainly not a ro- alone. Rumors have it that these bars are haunted, but this rogue archaeologist knows there's something more valuable going on. Meanwhile, Aphra's got information information that the rebellion wants. How far are they willing to go, and to who are are they willing to recruit in order to get it? And I think the cover may be a clue since we see Sama on the cover. Oh, well, there you go. So, uh, Kylan, you've got the MU pick for this week. I do. And, well, uh, because I've been reading the uh, Rogue Squadron series, I've been sort of in a Rogue Squadron state of mind. So uh, let my pick reflect that. I picked the Star Wars handbook number one, X-Wing. Let's see. I want to make sure I got the title right. All right. It is oh, go back because it's, now it's not giving me what I want. Of course. Well, anyway, it's X-Wing Rogue Squadron. Uh, and uh, it is the best way I can describe this book is is that it's the Star Wars version of the Marvel Guide uh, or the Guide to the Marvel Universe, uh, where each this appears to be a series, so where it takes a certain aspect of the Star Wars universe and gives you uh, an encyclopedic uh, description of the key points of a storyline or a book or a series. So in this case it is Rogue Squadron. Uh, this and actually this is really awesome because the foreword is written by um, the foreword is actually written by Michael Stackpole, who was the author of the first four Rogue Squadron novels. And uh-huh. I'll be honest with you, and so this guy really has uh, like a tr- a really deep understanding of the characters. Um, and for Wedge to have only appeared for like at the most what maybe ten minutes in each of the movies. So let's say we only see what after th- between three movies we go at the most what maybe thirty minutes of Wedge, if that. So like thirty that, minutes yeah. or less. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we you so you get Wedge, you get Admiral Akbar, you get the ships, you get um other key characters that play uh, a major role in the EU that. And I, I, I'm I'm just gonna focus on because this is the EU. I'm not gonna get into our feelings on that. Uh, but this uh, handbook is written by Pete James with illustrations by Arthur Adams, Edwin uh, Biokovic, Steve Crespo, Rodolfo DiMaggio, Doug Mankey, Nadu, Jordy Ensign, and Stan and Vince. Um, and so yeah, this is a really like if. If you just wanted to take some time to get a deeper understanding of Rogue Squadron as far as the expanded universe is concerned, this is the book for you. Sounds like a game plan. Oh, and it's complete with its own timeline, just like all the all the uh, Star Wars novels. So you have an idea of where you are when you're reading this, or when you are when you're reading this. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, I do want to say Luke Cage drops tomorrow. Well, has 
was dropped this weekend on Netflix. Season two is out. Also, too, the soundtrack for season two is out as well. So, um, before we go, any final thoughts? Mm, no, I, I I plan on uh, binging all of the cage this weekend. So that's pretty much it for me. Eric, I'm thought it out for the evening. I'm sorry. The only one thing left to do. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. One more time. Is it too early to start fan casting for the Fantastic Four in anticipation of the Marvel Universe rebooting it and getting it right? Uh, I don't think so. That might be it. I think that's a, a great Twitter question. We can bring it up on next week's show. Oh, there you go. I'm, I'm all for it. I say personally. So send I, your favorite fan castings for the Fantastic Four, and we're going to include the real Doctor Doom this time. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Who would make a good Doctor Doom? Doom! <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I was doomed by a puppet, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, right?